Welcome to the Brand Youth Podcast. Here is Pastor Emilio. So yeah, if you have a Bible, turn to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to start... Uh, on the screen, it's going to be in verse 13 to 15, but I'm going to start in verse 6. Sound good? So as we, as we head there, um, I'm going to give you guys some context of what's happening. So there's this church, right? The book of Colossians is actually a letter that's written by a guy named Paul. He, he was a church planner. He was a pastor, pretty well-known, famous guy. And he's writing to this church, and this church uh, has been functioning well. It's been doing stuff. It's been meeting for worship. It's been gathering. It's been a great time. Everyone's having a good time, all, all good things. But then some people have snuck in, and they've decided to, to they've started, like, lying and infecting the way the church lives by telling lies continuously to the church. Then they, the Bible calls them false teachers. They're, they've snuck in, and some of the lies that they've been teaching, some of the lies they've been They've been sharing with the church, have become foundational to what the church believes. They've become things that the church has built their life on. And I'm going to propose to you today that there's actually some of us in this room who hear lies all the time. That we hear lies at home, that we hear lies on our Snapchat, that we hear lies in group chats, that we hear lies at school, that we have lies being bombarding our life all the time, and some lies that have been told to us by friends or family or parents or a coach or something actually have become foundational to our life. But the reality is that when we read the Bible and when we read this passage of Scripture specifically, it says that all those lies are just that, they're lies. And the truth is that if we start looking at our life and realizing that which is a lie and that which is truth, our life will actually become a thousand times better. Sound good? Cool. So we're going to read through Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 5. It says this. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 8. I lied. It says this. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elementary spirits of this world, and not according to Christ, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So if you're like, man, what does that mean? That sounds big. That sounds confusing. I'm going to stop right here and just say, if you've never been to church, if you don't know anything about Jesus, we are Christians. And that means we actually believe that this man named Jesus came down to earth because he was actually not just a man, but he was God himself, that God became man, 100% God, 100% man, came to earth, lived 30 years. And then he started teaching for, 30, for three more years. He taught people, he healed people, he raised people from the dead. And then after three years, he got up on a cross, died a death that he did not deserve. And in doing that, he set us free from the law of sin and death. And now we can live eternally in heaven through and full life today, here and now, through him. Best part is that three days later, he rises from the dead, and now he's actually interceding on behalf of us with the Father, which is really cool. So that's who we believe, that Jesus, he's the fullness of deity dwelling bodily. Cool. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You might be like, what does that mean? Don't worry about it. Ask your Bible teacher later. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Now we get to the point of scripture that we're going to really highlight and dig into and camp out in tonight. Sound good? Verse 13, and you who were dead 
in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive. We're going to just stop there one second. Here's the deal. Some of you guys have gone to church your whole life. Listen, there's no intros. There's no funny story at the beginning of this. That's going to be after the prayer. But listen, just right off the bat, some of you guys have been living your life. You've been coming to church. You've been doing church things. You've been going to Linden Christian School. You've been going to whatever and this thing and that youth group and this youth group. And you've thought you're, maybe your dad's a pastor, your parents a minister or something like that. You've been involved with church. And you have thought your whole life that being a Christian is about being a good person. You've thought your whole life that Christ actually came to die so that you could be good. And maybe there's been a teacher that's taught you that. Maybe it's been your parents that have taught you that. But maybe you've grown up thinking, man, Jesus died so that I could turn from being a bad person to be a good person. But that's actually a lie. The truth is that Christ came and died on a cross not so that you could go from bad to good, but that you could actually go from dead to alive. You see, Christ did not come to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. Because the reality is before Jesus, every single one of us in this room is dead. We, yeah, totally. You right now, if you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart, you are dead. There, and the reality of the gospel is that there is actually a fuller life. There is actually more life. There is actually true life. And the thing on the other side of faith in Christ is so much better. It's so much greater. It's so much greater than anything you could ever imagine. Because the reality is that you are all dead before Jesus. I know that might shock you, but it's kind of graceful because or full of grace. Because the reality is that I don't, like, God didn't come and be like, Manny Milio, I really want you to clean up your act completely. Maybe that's part of it. But the truth is he came because he said, hey, I see you in your mess. I see you in your mistakes. And I'm actually coming to give you full, new, more real life. Can I get an amen? Come on. So good. All right. Verse 14 says this. He's forgiven us all his trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and having put them to open shame by triumphing them over them in him. Some translations say he disarmed the rulers and authorities, walked them naked through the streets, and they were exposed. Exposed. I'm going to talk from the topic today, expose. Sound good? Expose. Can you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you're here with us today. And God, I pray that in these next few minutes that my voice would become quiet, that your voice would become loud, and that we would hear from you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been exposed? And some of you guys are like, yeah, totally. Kate. Let me tell you a story. This is a true, this is a true 100% story. Sometimes preachers, sometimes when you hear people talk in church, they completely make stuff up to make it sound good, right? This is a 100, and yeah, it's preacher secrets. That's an, ex, I'm just exposing every single preacher you've ever heard on here. Mr. Dalzell probably, probably makes stuff up. It's okay. I love him. He's amazing. I love Josh. Um, yeah, what? Oh my gosh. Jokings, jokings. I made stuff up in sermons. It's for an illustration. Sorry, exposed. Anyway, point is that this is a 100% true story. Uh, the other day, I was going to hang out with some buddies, so I had a group chat going. It was me and two other guys. We were going to get a meet up, go for dinner, hang out, that kind of stuff, right? It was going to be a blast, hang out with the boys. This would be a great night. My wife was at work. I was like, come on, this would be an awesome time. So we're group chatting, and we're like, okay, sweet. Uh, we're going to meet up here, that kind of stuff. We had made this plan for a week, right? And all of a sudden, about half an hour before we're about to go to wherever we were going, buddy number two is like, mm, guys, can't make it anymore. 
a little sick, and I'm like, how do you even cough? This is a text. How do I know you're, like, whatever. Like, how do you make a <coughs> gif, like, to make me see you're sick? Anyway, so he's like, can't make it, sick. Ah, I just got to stay at home, super tired, that kind of thing. And we're like, oh, fine. So me and my other friend were like, hey, we're just going to go hang out. It's going to be great. And so we're like two guys hanging out at a macaroni and cheese place. Awesome. So we were going to hang out. And we're scrolling through Instagram, as one does, because we had posted, got to check the likes. Um, and all of a sudden, we stop because we see a hyperlapse, right, like a time lapse, you know, that another account had posted. We're like, oh, that's a pretty cool time lapse. Let's watch it. It's about 10 seconds long. And no word of a lie, my buddy is like, oh, my goodness, wait a second, pauses the time lapse. And turns out that for 0.001 second of this time lapse, there is like, a small, tiny image of our other friend who said he was sick tonight out at, like, a restaurant with a girl. Yeah, totally snaked us, but worse than that, he gets exposed on the hyperlapse. For real. We're like, there's, you are not safe. If you go out and you're like, there's no way you're safe. Winnipeg is too small. You are going to get caught somewhere. Fun fact, turn off your snap map because you will 100% get exposed. True story. If you don't know what that is, good call. Um... No, we didn't. We didn't go to where it was because that would have been savage. So anyway, the reality is we've all been exposed. You know what I mean? And who knows that when something gets exposed or when somebody gets exposed, that all, that all, the, that all the power of that lie actually fades. That the only way you can get exposed is if you've lied about something. The only way something could be exposed if it is if it was false in the first place. The only way things can get exposed is if it had no bearing and had no weight and no power to start with, right? So can we all agree, before we even jump into, jump into this, that if you get exposed, when something gets exposed, it loses all its power, right? We can all agree, right? Makes sense. All of a sudden, that thing lost every single bit of influence it might have. So you're like, Emilia, why do you tell the story? Because the Colossian church and what Paul is saying to the Colossians is actually in the exact same vein as getting exposed. Paul is saying, listen, there are actually some lies that have rolled up. There have been some lies that have been coming into your church. There have been some lies that have been spoken over your church that you have started to believe, that you have started to make like normal and started to make... Um, um, part of the way you live your life. And Paul says, here's the deal. I'm about to expose those lies by showing you the power of the cross. So I got one point tonight, one really, really big point. And if you're going to write something down, if you're going to remember something, remember this, that the cross actually exposes lies so we can live in the truth. That the cross actually exposes lies so that you and I can live in truth. Come on. That's real. One of the lies, Colossian church was believing a few lies. The first lie that the Colossian church was believing was the lie that their hustle made them holy. Their first lie that they believed was that the hus their hustle made them holy. You see, these false teachers and these liars had, had come in and they, they started speaking to the Colossian church, and they said, hey, you know what? That Jesus that you believe in, he's pretty good, and his grace is sometimes sufficient, but, you know, sometimes you actually have to work hard for it. And they were actually, they kind of put this false 
uh, idea in their head that in order to love Jesus, in order for him to love you, in order for him to talk to you, you have to work harder, you have to try more, you have to read your Bible, you have to do more devotions, that you can actually be, uh, that somehow the more you hustle, the more work you put in, the more effort you do, and the more you put out, Jesus will actually love you more. And it's become infectious to the way the Colossians lived their life. And I'm here to tell you that that's actually a complete lie. It's actually a total, utter lie. You see, some of us here today grew up in church. We kind of grew up in this place where we think, okay, yeah, God's good. He's amazing. But if, I, if he actually wants to, if, if in order to earn his love, I better work hard. In order to earn his love, I better clean up my act first. In order to earn his love, I have to do this, X, Y, and Z. But the truth of the Bible is that before you could do anything, before you were even born, Christ actually died for you. Do you know that 2,000 years before you even existed, Jesus got up on a cross and died so that you could have life and life more abundantly? Why? Because your hustle can't make you holy. Only Christ can. Only Christ can. Second lie that the Colossian church believed was that they needed Jesus plus blank. That they needed Jesus plus blank. You see, these, these false teachers had walked in, and they were like, okay, yeah, you know what? Jesus is really good, but you need to sacrifice to these idols. But you know, Jesus is really good, but you need to observe these holidays. You know, Jesus is really, really good, but you need to do this, and you need to add this to your life, and you need to be like this, and blah, 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 blah. And maybe if you, if you killed more cows, and more, maybe if you did more of this, and maybe if you ate the right thing, then, and maybe if you believed these things, then Jesus would really love you. See, the lie was that they need Jesus plus something else. And you might think, okay, listen, this is silly, Emilio. How can this relate to us? Because today I don't sacrifice animals. No one's coming up to me and pressuring me to kill a cow. I was in Vancouver last week, and I walked past a vegan pizza shop. Yeah, yeah, listen, vegan Fully vegan pizza shop. I walked in, I was like, how is pizza vegan? There is eggs in the dough. Oh, and gluten-free. It's vegan, gluten-free pizza shop. Shop. So we're talking no meat, no cheese. The only thing that's actual pizza on there is the sauce, right? I'm like, what is the point of pizza if you can't even make a normal crust, right? So I'm like, what is this pizza? This is silly. I don't want to eat cauliflower on cauliflower, okay? I want pizza. So... I walked past it. I was like, well, then I walked over. I don't want to eat double cauliflower and sauce. So the reality is that we don't sacrifice animals anymore because we're so, like, we're so past that we have vegan pizza, right? So sacrificing an animal, if somebody caught you sacrificing an animal, imagine the amount of hate you would get online. Like, it would be crazy. Like, I cannot believe you killed that cow and did nothing with it. Like, did you not see Food, Inc.? Did you not see Cowspiracy, right? Like, people would go nuts, Absolutely not. So the point is that you might think, how does this relate to our life? Because the lie, you see, the lie of the Colossians might have been contextual. The lie might have been that they needed Jesus plus this, that, and they need to sacrifice this or worship over here or do this holidays. But I think that even though 2,000 years later, the lie is actually still the same. That we still believe that we need Jesus plus something if I'm going to be the person that 
like that, that God would love. Some of us believe, man, if I'm going to be a person that like I'm even proud of, I need Jesus plus a little bit of yoga. I need Jesus plus a little bit of, uh, plus a little bit of, um, you know, like, like Instagram followers. I need Jesus plus a little bit more books read. I need Jesus plus better grades. I need Jesus plus this. I need Jesus plus that. I need Jesus plus a better body. I need Jesus plus an eight pack. I need Jesus plus this. I need Jesus plus that. I need Jesus plus 30,000 subscribers to my YouTube channel that I'm really trying to get off the ground and only has 10 right now, but I posted 20 videos. Like youth, sometimes we believe that we actually need Jesus plus something to be the people that God has called us to. To be loved by God, we need Jesus plus something. But Paul comes at us and says, hey, look to the cross, because that's a lie. You don't need Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus. Because when I look to the cross, I don't see Jesus plus yoga dying for me. I don't see Jesus plus 2,000 Instagram followers dying for me. I don't see Jesus plus that snap streak to not break still dying for me. I, didn't, I don't see Jesus plus Buddhism dying for me. I don't see anything but Jesus himself on the cross dying for me and you to save our sore lives. Because the truth of the cross is that you don't need Jesus plus something. You just need Jesus. And some of you guys have been working so hard to get this, that, or the other thing. And it's a lie. It's a total lie because he loved you already. Last thing, the last lie that I think some of us believe that the Colossian church actually also believed was that the, the, the false teachers were actually teaching the Colossian church that some of them were damaged goods. The Colossian church had these False teachers come in and they're like, mm, they look at people's lives and they'd start taking an account of every bad thing that they have ever done. They would start taking an account. They'd be like, hey, give me your phone. Let me see your photos. Hey, give me your phone. Let me see your, see your other calculator app. Hey, give me your phone. Let me see those photos, like what you've sent. Hey, give me your phone. Let me see this, that, and the other thing. Let me see the relationships you've been in. Let me see the lies you've told. Let me see this, that. And they start tallying up the things that were negative about people. And you see the false teachers would say, mm, you're not good enough. I see this, 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 and that in your life. So because of that, have fun outside of the church. And the, Colossian, the false teachers were actually teaching this church that there were some people in there that weren't good enough to be loved by God. The Colossians were, were held captive by this lie that some of them weren't good enough, that they were so damaged, that they were damaged goods because somebody slept with whoever and that they could never do this or that or whatever. And the truth is, when Paul comes up and he says, look at the cross, he says, hey, there's actually no such thing as damaged goods. Because the truth is, that when I look to the cross, Jesus doesn't take a look at each and every one of our life and say, man, you did this, you did that, you slept with that person, you did this thing, you messed up here, you sent that photo, you talked about that person like that, you have these wrong things on the internet, you're doing that, you're blah, blah, blah. He doesn't take a stock of our life and then say, mm, not good enough, not going to die for you. When I look to the cross, I look in John's gospel, in John chapter 3, it says that for God so loved the world that 
he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Because the truth of the cross, the truth of the Bible, and when I look to the cross, the lie gets exposed, and I realize, I realize that there's no such thing as damaged goods. There's no such thing. There's nothing that I could have ever done. There's nothing that I could have ever been in my past to keep me from who he is and to keep me from what he did for me. You see, some of us today, some of us here and some of you guys here have actually spent your entire life believing lies that have been spoken about you. And some of you guys go to bed at night and you're scrolling through your feed or you're on your phone and you're like, man, why is it that my life doesn't look like that person? Why is it that people say these things about me? Why is it that this thing is happening to me? Some of you, some of us in this room, leaders included, are, 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 have believed lies about ourselves that we're not pretty enough, that we don't look good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we haven't achieved enough, that we're not that blah, 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 whatever. The list goes on. And some of us have actually believed lies that have become foundational. And the truth is that some lies need to get exposed. Because on the other side of the lie is the truth that will set you free and will actually change and radically transform your entire life. So we're almost done, and this is how I'm going to end this. I'm going to read some scripture to you guys. Does that sound good? I'm just going to start saying things from the Bible because I think too many of us believe lies. I think too many of us have bought into a lie. Too many of us have bought into the idea that some of these ideas, and they become foundational to our life. So the only way we can do it, what the Bible says, is I actually have to look to the cross, and not just looking to the cross, but I have to look to Scripture and see what God says about me. Because the reality is these lies we believe, they're just lies. They have no power. They have no strength. There's nothing that they can do to harm you or keep you back. Shirley, why don't you just hop up on the keys for us as we read these. When I, when I get down because I think about these lies and when some of us were here and we're like, man, I did this, I did that last night. I was tripping on whatever. I've come to LCS and everybody else seems perfect, but I feel like a mess and I feel like a mistake and I feel like my parents hate me and I feel like my mom left me because she actually hates me and I actually feel like I am the problem. I get to look at the Bible and I get to look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and see that there's actually no condemnation in Christ Jesus. When I feel at home, like, like my parents don't even, my parents left me so that why would, why would, uh, they don't even consider me worth being called a kid. When, 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 when you, you're going through that divorce and you feel like, man, your parent doesn't even love you enough to like stick around for you. I get to look in Romans 8 and see that I, I am actually called a child of God and I actually have the right to reach out to God and cry, Abba, Father to him. That even though my earthly parents don't feel like they love me, I know that there's a heavenly father that loves me eternally. When I feel like I can, I'm not good enough and I can't achieve enough and I haven't done enough, I actually get to look in the Bible and say that no matter what I do, I'm actually called a co-heir of Christ in Romans chapter 8. Then later on when I feel like that which has been bringing me down and there's a weight that's crushing me and I feel like I can't get up because it's too heavy, it's too big. I get to look at Romans 8 chapter 37 and see that no, I am actually more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me. I'm actually more than a conqueror and whatever is in my way can't stand before 
for me because I have something bigger behind me and with me. Then when I even feel like, man, I can, I'm so far from God. I am so distant from God. I can't even approach God. I get to look at the end of Romans chapter 8 and see that nothing, neither height nor death, nor angels, nor demons, nor rulers, nor principalities of this world can separate me from the love of God. When I feel suicidal and depressed and anxious because I feel like there's, it's not worth living, I get to look to my cross, who's, to the cross, and I get to look to my Savior who said that I was worth dying for. When I feel like I'm completely messed up, when I feel like I'm completely beat up, when I feel like I don't deserve to be part of any community because every single person hates me, that's how it feels. I get to look in 1 Peter and see that I'm actually a holy nation. I'm called a royal holy priesthood. I'm actually called to be a part of the priesthood of all believers. That I am somebody who's anointed by God for mission. When I feel like nobody wants me on their team, when I feel so average, when I feel so inadequate, when I feel like I'm not good enough, but I'm also not the worst. I'm stuck right in the middle. I get to look to Luke chapter 15 and see that when Jesus, when everyone else sees the crowd, Jesus sees me. And then I get to look at uh, 1 Corinthians and see that God actually wants to partner with me in a ministry of reconciliation. He's asking me and you to work with him to redeem the entire world. When I look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in, in spite of the fact that I feel hopeless, in spite of the fact that I feel like, like there's the suicide rates rising, the, the mental health risks are rising, people are like people in my school are, are sad all the time. Things are going wrong. I feel messed up. Nothing feels right. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. I actually get to look in the Bible in 2 Corinthians and see that Christ in me is the hope of glory. I get to look in Genesis chapter 2 when I feel like I can't do anything right myself. When I feel like I'm not presenting the right image, I actually get to look in Genesis chapter 2 and see that I am an archetype of Christ. That I actually have the image of God that I bear within myself and I display to this world. When I feel, and when people are telling me that I can't do it, that I'm not strong enough, that I'm not big enough, that you'll never get be able to get through this, I get to look at Philippians 4.13 and see that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when I feel like I just want to curl up in my bed because all my friends are going through the worst part of their life and I, I don't know how to deal with it, I get to look to Matthew chapter 5 and see that I'm the salt of the earth and I am the light of the world and that there are people on the other side who, and there are people around me who desperately need hope and I am a bearer.